Blog Talk Radio. I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, okay, there we go. Now we got you. Now we got you. All right. They you changed got, the you format. Keep me. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you made it. Uh, I thought you might have hung up when I mentioned the the Boston New York um, uh, difference. But we're, we're thrilled to have you here. How? Where are you in Manhattan or Brooklyn or where are you? I am in Manhattan. I'm on the fashionable, or what used to be called the fashionable Upper East Side. No, I, but it's not so it's not so fashionable anymore. Well, I'm here, so I guess it is. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for for joining the show, and uh, I want to give you a proper introduction. Now that we know that you're here, we can, I'm glad that we cleared up the connection because I'd be talking about how great you are and then not have anybody. So here it is, Auntie Kaufman is the author of the best-selling interpretations of, Mus- correct me on all of the, the mispronunciations I may have here, Musashi's Book of Five Rings, Sun Tzu's Art of War, along with Lao Tzu's Living Tao. I got that right, didn't I? Not Tao, yes, it's Tao. Yeah. Uh, the Shogun Tao. Scroll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the Shogun Scroll, The Way of the Modern Warrior, and The Sword in the Boardroom which focuses on business management based on honesty, integrity, and morality for contemporary negotiations. He speaks with true understanding of the lessons taught by the ancient masters and focus on the immediate needs of groups. His work is considered essential study for individuals and organizations interested in progressive management, motivation, development that includes life enhancement skills. Ta-da! Well, there you are, and you've got your first children's book, so you're going to take all of these ancient, this ancient wisdom and make it palatable for kids and parents and families to, uh, to digest. Yes, yes, yes. It didn't start out that way, I'll have you know. Uh, oh, okay. You know, the, the name of the book we're talking about is Cherry Blossoms for Children, Life mm-hmm. Lessons to Grow By. Now, mm-hmm. what this originally started out as 
was <laughs> Zen fairy tales for children of all ages. Nice. And it was a, it was a little it was a little uh, shall we say rough around the edges. <laughs> and my my uh, dear friend and editor read it and said, Hey, this is really great. Uh, so who do you want to sell this to? I said, I want to sell to everybody in the world. She said, no, 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 no. You don't know what you have here. And that's what an editor's job is, you know, always telling the author we don't know what we're doing, which is okay. <laughs> and she says, <laughs> yeah. she says, make this a children's book. So I said, well, it is a children's book. She says, no, no, you're talking about hipsters. We're talking about kids in grade school. And, you know, having been a special ed teacher myself, in the New York uh, education, you know, the Board of Education, uh, I, I knew how to approach kids. And um, I said, okay, let's turn it around. And uh, so we started rewriting it, and uh, you have in your hands uh, the, uh, I guess, the culmination of uh, my effort there. And in the beginning, I looked at it, oh, wow, man, where are we going with this? And then, as you know, as a writer yourself, a book takes on its own life. Yes, it does. And once it, and once it starts doing that, it's using you <laughs> to, to, to uh, express its own intent. And so we came up with uh, all these stories. I cut a few of them out. They were a bit risque, obviously. but um, And we converted them. And what I did is I told the story with Moku Bay, who is a, you know, a uh, spiritual reader, Zen priest, if you will, in, uh, you know, medieval Japan. His little ward, Tomo-san, the, his dog, Kido, and various other uh, people in the stories to uh, teach a basic lesson in life. And also to put a, a Sapian morale, not morale, an Sapian moral at the end of it, if you will, to uh, reinforce the uh, teaching of the story itself. Great. Well, um, through my uh, miscalculation and not getting it right, uh, you did send me a PDF, but I didn't uh, see it. Sometimes they rest on the bottom of these emails, and if you don't scroll down well uh-huh. far enough, I didn't get it. But So we talked a little, just a little bit before the show, and you mentioned that you were going to read one of the stories. So why don't we do that so people aren't guessing what's inside, and then we can talk about how it evolved, how it, um, you know, and you know, what's going on with the, the book now, et cetera. Okay. Um, I'm going to read, uh, I guess, Chapter 10. This is a chapter book, by the way, and there are no illustrations uh, outside of the cover, obviously. And this story is called Learning to Pay Attention. And now they're individual got... stories, not chapter by chapter then. No, no, they're individual stories, you know, little uh, tales and little things like that. Now, this, this is okay. about a two-pager. Okay. Okay. Mokubei, okay, here we go. Learning to pay attention. Mokubei, the wise man, stood in front of his classroom teaching the children to recite some ancient poems. He wrote the ancient characters on a writing board while the children copied his markings on their own boards. The type of poetry he was teaching them was called haiku, and they would recite this poem. In the early spring, the forest makes sweet music. Trees and flowers sing. Mokobe liked to move around the room when he taught. It was his way. Whenever he would move to the left of the board, Tomo-san would get up and change seats. When he moved to the right of the board, 
Tomo-san would get up and change seats again. This very much annoyed the other students, and eventually it annoyed Mokubei. Tomo-san, you are not paying attention. Why do you continually get up and change seats when I am trying to teach everyone the same thing? So I can see better, replied Tomo-san. Mokubei immediately turned the board upside down and with a frown said to Tomo-san, where will you sit now? Tomo-san lowered his head for a moment, and after the children stopped giggling, he quietly sat down. He felt embarrassed and quickly learned that no matter where he sat, he should pay attention and learn a lot. Mokubei continued the lesson, and everyone had fun reciting the poetry together. And the moral is, if you pay attention to what is going on, you will have the best seat in the house. There you go. <laughs> Short, brief, to the point. It kind of tells it where it's at, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, I, uh, okay, well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is, uh, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. I go around to different, uh, you know, kids' groups and stuff like that. Uh, you know, friends that I know, they say, hey, uh, sensei, they call me sensei, they don't generally call me hanshi, but uh, whatever, it's a, sensei means teacher. So uh, why don't you come in and read some of the stories to the kids? As well, I don't know about that, because I usually address, like, uh, you know, business groups and things like that. And I said, wait, wait a second, I was a teacher, right? So I, I still am a teacher. So I will go into a couple of these different uh, classrooms of any ethnicity see so it, it didn't it didn't matter if I was going to a uh, uh, a Latin community an African community a uh, Hasidic community or anything all the kids sat there and listened with rapt attention and then of course that little bulb goes off in our heads as authors and writers that so often happens which we try to extinguish <laughs> that's right I said wait a minute we have something here and so I went ahead and just uh, continued putting it together until you have uh, the cherry blossoms for children, which is available, obviously, through, uh, am I allowed to pitch? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. We're not right. PBS here. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, all right. Uh, which is available We're not Amazon. cable network. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that, that's another story, too. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, so cherry blossoms for children, life lessons to grow by, by Stephen F. Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N. It's available on Amazon. It's five ninety-five, Or you can order it direct from me at Hanshi, H-A-N-S-H-I dot com, uh, and I'll autograph it and personalize it. Okay, and it comes out to essentially the same thing. I mean, you're paying freight on both ends and uh, whatnot, but this way you're getting an autographed copy, and it's better. I mean, for you if you want it. Uh, Wait, well, is it, I'm uh, also is, now looking, uh, because of the uh, interest that's been garnering, I'm saying, wait a second, Cherry Blossoms for Children, Life Lessons to Grow By. That's Japanese. Let's turn it around and make it Peach Blossoms for Children, Life Lessons to Grow By for Chinese. Ah. Uh, um, and change the name of, of, of the principles. So I started thinking, wait a minute, man, we have something here that 
can actually reach out in any language and for any ethnicity because of the universality of the lessons it's teaching to young ones about honesty, integrity, uh, understanding how you have to conduct yourself in life. And a lot of teachers really like it. So, I mean, one particular uh, uh, class, uh, it was a private school here in New York, a friend of mine says, look, can we, can we get copies of that? I said, sure. So they ordered 50 copies. I said, wow, very nice. And he said, but don't autograph them. I said, don't worry. I'm not going you know, to get a rubber stamp. You know, kind of so what I did is I got the copies, and I brought them over to the class. And uh, we gave them out. And, like, kids love them. And I get all kinds of emails, all kinds of, like, oh, thank you, thank you, that kind of stuff. So there's really something going on here. And what I've noticed about my particular approach to this, on my martial exploits over the past almost 60 years, in which I've been able to interpret the uh, major works of uh, the great ancient masters, uh, Musashi, Sun Tzu, Lao Tzu, um, a couple of other books that I've done, martial arts books, novels, including a book called Self-Realization Acceptance. Which is like philosophical approach and essentially, I use some of the ideas and precepts of self-revealization acceptance in the telling of these children's stories, but without getting philosophical or religious. If, if you if you follow my meaning, I mean, in other words, they're just plain straight-ahead stories. Now, here's another one, uh, number twenty-five. As a matter of fact, if you want, I can read this. Believe yes, in yourself. Please. What do you think? Please, these are great. Shall I read it? Please. Okay, hold on. Believing in yourself. One day, Mokube and Tomo-san went to visit the local swordsmith, a sword that might be good for Tomo-san to practice with. Mokube sensed that something was bothering the man. Finally, the swordsmith spoke. I am having a problem with some newcomers who are telling everyone that I have stolen sword designs from them. They are threatening to go to the officials with the idea of taking my shop from me and making me stop crafting fine weapons. One of them is a samurai, and he told me to stop selling my goods to the local warriors or he would have my head. What do you think I should do? Mokobe thought for a few moments and then said, Report it to the justice. And when he summons all of you to him, make sure to bring your best sword and your worst sword. I know the official, and he is, above all, a fair man. When everyone had gathered together, the justice began the proceedings. Mokobe and Tomo-san sat silently watching and listening. The master swordsmith showed his best and worst wares, not making any distinction between them. There is no difference, he said. The newcomers also showed their work, claiming that the swords being shown by the swordsmith were really theirs. The justice asked the newcomers to show which were their best and which were their worst, and they immediately separated their goods. The justice said he would keep the swords and they should all return to their forges and craft brand new weapons under the eyes of an inspector. The master swordsmith agreed, but the newcomers said it was unfair for them to have to do so. At that moment, everyone knew who the swords really belonged to. The newcomers were told to leave the village. Tomo-san looked at Mokobe, knowing and understanding what had just happened. 
They went back to the swordsmith's forge, and the swordsmith helped Tomo-san pick out the perfect sword for practicing. And the moral is, doing your best work will make it difficult for anyone to imitate because you are honest with yourself. Wow. Bang. Ta-da! I wish I had my that applause. That's pretty good stuff, man. I, I've not got my head in your stuff. I didn't know you had it in you. I said, well, I didn't have it in me until you maybe have it in me. I'm kind of a thing, yeah. But I really enjoyed it. I'm not even thinking of doing the next one. I was also thinking possibly of maybe uh, connecting with an illustrator or a major publisher, so to speak, so they can, uh, you know, do some line drawings or some, uh, you know, Absolutely. Whatever it is, and, you know. Absolutely. You know, I love the, you know, I love the stories. They, they're, they're pithy. They're, you know, terse. They, uh, but they pack a real. They're engaging, um, and then they pack that great wallop with the 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 moral at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, I, uh, we, uh, Bean Town, we, uh, Bean Town pals. Our motto is use your bean. Trust your heart, build your character. In fact, I'll uh, we have a little clip that that does exactly that. Here we go. Use your bean, trust your heart, build your character in Beantown. There you go. So we're kind of uh, we're kind of traveling down the same road a little bit. Um, you know, and I I love what you're doing because you're bringing. The great characters in a great setting. I mean, I found that through the years, you know, I have children of my own. And, of course, some of the great, great films that engaged not only them, but the entire country were Karate Kid. Obviously, Star Wars, based on Eastern thought, not on Western thought. Uh, And and on and on you go. Uh, So, uh, you know, Eastern philosophy has, has really permeated our, our culture and I think so because it teaches lessons that um, we as Westerners may not you know adhere to or, or, or promote you want to talk about that a little bit how well first of all why don't you tell us how I thought very interesting how you got into martial arts so why don't we hear well, go go even back further than that where you grew up why do you think you ended up uh, you know in, in this how did you end on this path and how did you start off, and how did you end up on this path? Oh, boy. All right. Um, as you know, <laughs> in life, no matter what you think you want to do, <laughs> and no matter what you think you're going to do, has nothing to do with what you end up being and doing. <laughs> well, that, very, very I'm gonna... There's my applause. You know, it took me something like I don't know how many years to start to put all of that together. Um, you know, we live in a culture that says, you know, I mean, we probably agree this, and, and you know, I want to hear your side of it. But I also speak to inner city schools, and I, you know, the more I do it, the more I, um, the more I discover, and the more I criticize, and the more I propose, you know, different. Um, methodologies, and I think that's what's so yeah. fascinating about what you're doing here. But you're right; we we live in a culture where we teach the individual. And um, <laughs> I just saw a great uh, quote this morning. I was at the, uh, uh, I went through my Facebook, and oh, here it is. It's right here. The ego says, "Once everything falls into place, I will find peace." 
Spirit says, find peace and everything will fall into place. And I think it really reflects on what you just said without getting too heady for the audience is that we're, we are an ego-based society and maybe a world, I don't know. But we teach, the, we teach them right from the shot. We teach kids. We, we take them out of their beautiful environment that hopefully they're growing up in family and nature and play. And we lock them in this box trying to, what I call, and I've, I've called it, cramming curriculum into kids' craniums. And who, yeah. decides the, who decides the curriculum? We do. But it's teaching, it's trying to teach a, an operating system which says you are the determinant uh, the, to determine the error of your destiny. And from ah, what you just ah, one of the great <laughs> one of the great fallacies of all time. Absolutely. And I knew we were going to resonate, and this is why I'm so <laughs> glad that we connected. That, right? Oh yeah, I mean, and, and and you know, I believed that for the longest time. And and what does tell? Why don't you tell me? I know you we're in total sync on this. So tell us what that kind of operating system, what kind of that, what kind of thinking, what does that bring about in an individual? All right. What well, one it does first of all, it increases phenomenal stress, phenomenal anxiety. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, exactly. very, I'm very serious here, okay? And I know. I that's why I'm that, laughing, because exactly what I was going to say. Okay, because what happens is, uh, let's see. I want to put this in a, in a succinct way, but at the same time, I, I don't want to turn it into a uh, you know, soapbox thing. When you start teaching a kid, okay, that two and two is four, you better know that two and two is four. Okay, this old adage about, you know, don't do what I do, do what I say, is moronic, all right? And, and a lot of exactly. people say, oh, here he goes, here he goes. I said, that's right, here he goes. Because what happens is when I teach a young student, say, for example, a parent says to me, hey, I want you to teach my son to really do this and do that so when he gets into a fight he can really kick some butt and things like that. I said, then you have the wrong teacher if you're coming to me for that. He said, well, what are you going to teach him? I want to teach him how to never have to use it. Nice. And they said, well, well, so what's he going to learn about? He said, well, once you understand your tools, you know when, where, and how to use them appropriately for maximum effect with minimum effort. And therefore, you also learn how foolish it is to waste effort and energy on meaningless (laughs) situations. You cannot tell the kid what to be when he grows up. Okay, because if you're going to tell the kid what to be when he grows up, and it's not going to work because that's not what he wants, guess who's going to pay for that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess the kid will pay for it. No, young parents, old grandfather, whatever, you're going to pay for it because the kid is not going to have the trust or belief in you that you try to inculcate into the child's psyche by telling him how to conduct himself accordingly in any situation. It's based on your uh, prejudices, your misguided concepts, based on the fears that you've had to deal with in your life. You want bravo, to, bravo, bravo. Up. I wish I had my applause. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. A, child a, a child doesn't grow up hating. You have to teach a child to hate. I have seen right. this countless times in many inner-city schools 
where the class is consisting of whites, blacks, Latins, uh, Asians, uh, whatever else is around, okay? Every one of these kids, up to a certain point, a certain grade, all get along with each other, and there's absolutely no uh, no kind of, like, uh, tension. When they get to another level, and this is based on the idiocy of the education system, okay, they start to stigmatize each of the groups. Once that happens, it's, it's the old story, hey, my God is tougher than your God. Oh, yeah, but my lawyer can beat up your lawyer. You know, that moron mentality. Okay, yes. there is one way to live, and that way to live is to be in harmony and peace with yourself. And how do you do that? It took me years and years to do it until now I know how to teach a kid or teach anyone for that matter through self-realization acceptance. The universe, and kids understand this, it's astonishing. The universe, everything in it was created Specifically for you. Well, I said, well, what do you mean, man? You know, you got to do this, you have to do that, you have to do the other thing. I said, no, that is not true. Because once you understand that the universe was created exactly and specifically for you, you also get the realization or the revealization that the universe was specifically and exactly created for everyone else as well. Therefore, the need for conflict nullifies itself. There's no need for anyone to be in charge. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you don't have to have certain uh, communal uh, uh, services provided there and everywhere else. Yeah, mores. For the benefit, the benefit of all concerned, not for an individual or a particular philosophical base. Whoa. Rob, let me, let me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, it's so funny, uh, everything that's happening at this, everything that is happening at this moment uh, speaks to everything that you're propagating and so eloquently um, putting forth. The, um, how about the stories? I love these stories. I know why these resonate. You want to read another one and then we'll get back to this? Uh, sure, yeah. Hang on half a second, okay? Sure. Let, me, let me pick the one that I think that'll be good. You know, I don't want to pick the really long ones. Let me pick, uh, ah, here's one. I like, I particularly like this one. It is called, Honesty. Now, I spoke to my uh, editor before I got on the show. She said, don't read that one. That's too heavy. I said, wait a minute. How can it be ah! heavy? If, if, if you're the one who told me to write it, then you said, hey, it's good, man. Okay, Here we go. <laughs> Honestly. Put my authentic official glasses over here. One day, a man came to the village saying he could show everyone how to make a lot of money and live a rich life. A very pretty young girl traveled with him and smiled at all the people. The man arrived traveling in a carriage of the finest-looking quality, and many of the villagers were very impressed by his appearance and thought they had nothing to lose if they listened to him and the way he could help them change their lives. The man was most convincing in his speech and manner. The villagers really believed someone had come along who could, indeed, help them overcome their shortcomings. 
The pretty girl went through the crowd and gave Tomo-san a very special smile, and he blushed. She smiled at the people who gave her money and bought the book that would tell them how to go about becoming rich without too much effort. Everyone was told to recite a special chant for the next few days. You will then be able to make the magic work for you, the man told them. Mokopei looked at the village people and how they listened to the man while giving away their money without thinking. The next day, after the man and the girl had left the village, a group of village people came to him to ask why things weren't working the way they were told it would. The man had seemed so honest, they said. Mokopei smiled at his friends and explained the matter to them. People should be judged by their actions and appearances, which may make you think they are a good people, good person. But pay attention to a person's words as well. There you go. Yeah, some of these are very good. I mean, I have another one called self-control. Uh, <laughs> well, well, let's talk I about this one. This one to me. Wise ones. Even the great wise ones, you know, lose it once in a while. It happens. Not to me and you, well, of course. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this lesson. I, I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Well, first of all, uh, this whole moment, you know, and as we are kindred spirits, um, we know that there's nothing other than the moment. Um, That's correct. But, yeah. Right. And so this whole moment and these moments that are passing here happened <laughs> from my perspective, uh, by themselves. I mean, in many ways, that the universe that you're talking about, the order that you're talking about, the, the energy that you're talking about, it, it created this moment, not not Absolutely. individual not decisions. You, not, not individual I. decisions, right. Not individual decisions on either of our parts. It happened. And when you start to understand the magic of that, you know, of sitting back and, Allowing. I mean, that's what the 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 Tao is all about. You know, the Wu Wei. Aha. Uh-huh. And so, to me, this is a manifestation of everything you're talking about. And nothing could be of more uh, importance to me and more meaning to me than the story that you just read, because we've been down. I'm sure being kindred pil- pilgrims and going on life's path, we've fallen prey. And as all of us do, to that man who comes to the village with the easy way. You know, right. If you follow my words, then riches, riches will be, you know, be just bestowed on you. And, of course, this smacks of all of the pop spiritualism that is going on today. Oh, 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 oh my favorite subject. Go ahead, keep going. Okay, and is it both of us? And it, it takes, um, it takes being... All of the things that you've talked about this morning, it takes um, paying attention, it takes, you know, honesty, it takes, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the second story, the moral of the second story was, do you remember? Uh, which one? That's, uh, you know, the yeah, second story. The first story was about paying attention. And yeah, the second no, story uh, yeah, was uh, honesty. Oh, okay. Oh, well, this is honesty, this one, right? This is the third. Okay. Or using your own yes. head or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, so yes. And so what 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 goes forward here is that 
learning there, to pay the, attention. Learning to pay attention. Yes, learning to pay attention. And then the whole the whole culture today is, especially in a lot of the spiritual teachings, <clears throat> commercial spiritual teachings, is all you have to do is just say the. <laughs> I love the story. It's so beautiful. Say the right affirmation. <laughs> Use the right chant. Yeah, and everything's going to fall into place. Yeah, and use the and and don't get me wrong. There are times when that seems to be working. Yes, but, absolutely. If it's if it's and, and that's to me the biggest the same conviction and belief. Yeah, and that that to me is the biggest trick of all. Is it's like the universe has its own tricks up its sleeve. It, it gives you yeah. instances of that, and then you think that oh, this is going to happen. So it's dangerous stuff. So with this man and this woman coming to the village and preaching, and then the villagers soon found out afterwards after he got his money. And you know, I'm not going to name individuals, but you know who they are. They're the the you gurus. Know exactly, exactly, man. You know, exactly. You know, I mean, I we know who they are. We don't have to. They live their own lives <laughs> or whatever, and they might have a lot of money and a lot of show. But yeah. You can't. I always think of that. Remember that commercial from the 1950s about butter? You can't fool Mother Nature. That's correct. And so you can't fool Mother. Go ahead. And so what's going to be is going to be. And there are universal (laughs) laws, and that's it. They're simple. (laughs) That's right. That's the whole thing. It's it's all very simple. Okay. And, and I was, I, one of one of my big bones of contention here, and I'm not going to mention names. We can talk about some TV evangelists, okay? Right. And they get these sort of like hundreds of people all coming thousands. up there, and he, that all right, thousands of people, and he puts his hands on them and heals them. And of course, they make a significant contribution, you know, and all that kind of thing. So my thing is, okay, if you're that great man, how come you're not walking through all the hospital wards? <laughs> And he said, hey, man, you know, don't interfere with our business, you know. <laughs> I said, no, man, because if you really knew what the hell was going on, said, whoops, I shouldn't say that. There would be no more You would understand the premise right. that healing, healing is based on an acceptance of yourself as a generator for the creative spirit of the universe. Well, right, let me put the phone down. Hang on, hang on. That's right. <laughs> well, this is, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm marveling. Well, I'm people. marveling. Right now, Hanchi, I am marveling at the magic of this show. This is, um, I, got, I literally get goosebumps. Uh, I couldn't p- pick a more <laughs> perfect guest. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I can't pick a more perfect guest for what we're trying to do on this show, and that especially for parents and families, because we're living in a society that is in big, huge trouble. It's falling apart from, from, the, from the foundation. The foundation is not right. And the, foundation, right. the foundation is starting to crack, yeah. The foundation is family, is, is culture, it's tradition, it's uh, values, it's all of that. And all of that is just crumbling like crazy. And as yes. a result, because of what we're trying to do, and it, it's interesting, I, a, I took a class this uh, week at Apple, and um, there was a woman there, and she's 
she's right in complete line with the, the thinking that's going on in this show right now. And I love the way she is branding herself as a Renaissance mother. Now, isn't that fascinating okay. that from the sense that, first of all, Renaissance, we all know, means rebirth. Yes. It, it, and it also has that connotation of the, you know, nomenclature of a Renaissance man, that he's ah. a Renaissance man is is that many, many, uh, uh, at many gifts and talents. You know, he knows how to cook, he knows how to paint, he knows how to write, he knows how to play, right, yeah. whatever. So it has two connotations. But I found that she's going, she is using that, connotation, but she's also using the return to basics uh, slant on the Renaissance. Uh-huh. A rebirth, a rebirth as, as in the Renaissance in Italy in the, with 1400, 1500, the rebirth of, of, of art and culture and what that produced, you know, it produced, you know, Da Vinci and Michelangelo and, you know, all of the others. So I think that's you know, and what you're preaching and what I'm trying to preach is exactly that. Hey, let's get, I mean, that these stories are so so pithy. There's so much in such a short amount of of narrative that you're saying, hey, you know, it's not about the guy who comes to town and tells you that if you think the right thoughts and you say the right affirmations, that all of a sudden, poof, uh, all of these things, all of these riches, these material and outward things are going to appear in your life. There's more to it than that. Yes. And and so I see our society, and I don't want to get on my soapbox either because it's pretty crazy. But we <laughs> we 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 abandoned the foundation and the the real values for the money. Oh, and absolutely. as a result, because the foundation wasn't cared for or, or preserved or intact, the whole structure is starting to crumble. Yes. And I, and I see what you're doing with these stories is is right on target. This is beautiful stuff. Huh. <laughs> Sorry to yes, take you on. Yes, read, yes. read another no, I story. A, I, I love these. I can I can see why kids want love these stories. Please read another one. You want me to do another one? Yeah, these are great. Yeah, okay, sure. I, you know, I got a way to go. I mean, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's um, let's see. Oh, that was believing in yourself. Learn to ask questions. Trusting yourself. All about bullies. Handling distractions. Wait, the, wait, the, there are two, two different stories. One believing and one trusting. I, I think you. Pl- I think you read trusting. The one trusting one. Yeah. Here's one. What's, uh, called what's the difference between believing compassion. and trusting? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, do that here's one. one called the way of a master. Oh, good, good, yeah, 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 do that. Okay. The Way of a Master. A master archer was on his way to a big contest being held in Kyoto. He was very polite to everyone, and the people always gave him their best wishes. He stopped for a meal at the inn owned by Tomo-san's mother, Miyako. When the boy found out who the man was, he began to ask him about shooting arrows. The archer liked the boy and decided it would be nice to set up a target and give a demonstration of his skill. He also let it be known that he would teach anyone his style to anyone who was interested. 
The men and boys of the village thought they were very fortunate to have a famous master show them what he could do. Mokubei, the wise man who happened to be there, agreed and told them it was a good idea to watch the archer and that they could become better at their own crafts if they paid attention to the manner in which the master presented his art. After shooting 100 arrows and hitting the target with all of them, the master asked who would be the first to try to learn some of his technique. Everyone was excited at the idea and had brought their bows and arrows. Tomo-san asked the archer if he would show him how to hold the bow and fit the arrows to the string. The archer showed him a special way to hold the bow, and Tomo-san was able to hit the target a few times. He thanked the master and walked away smiling. His dog, Kidu, was barking happily. Villagers cheered Tomo-san. Benkei, the town braggart said he could do the same thing and didn't need any help and claimed that Tomo-san had beginner's luck. Everyone watched as Benkei made a fool of himself. He was completely unable to control the bow and the arrows. His best efforts were not good at all, and he ran away in embarrassment and shouting that the archer had fixed the bow so that it wouldn't work. The next day, Mokobei and Tomo-san were sitting by the wise man's goldfish pond reading poetry. Benkei was walking by when Mokobe, the wise man, asked him to join them. Benkei was still a bit unhappy about the day before and asked the wise man why he had been unable to bend the bow and shoot the arrows. After all, he said, I am very strong. Mokobe chuckled and explained to Benkei how to master a skill. Benkei thanked the wise man and went home to practice. Tomo-san and Mokobe went back to reading their poetry and enjoyed the peaceful, quiet setting of the goldfish pond. The moral? The only way to be good at something is to practice carefully with your own tools and, understanding what they can do, become good with them. Boom. He's a fabulous. I mean, you really, you have... You have the gift. I mean, you, again, through such short stories, you pack such a powerful uh, wallop. And also, you, you know, the imagination, You, I, I can see the village. I can see the goldfish pond. I can see you, you have great imagery, and you, you're able to, to pull that off. Um, and these are the kinds of things when you when you, do you ever have follow up from the kids or do you get their reactions after you've read them? To, oh yeah, sure. They, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And what are they yeah. saying to you? Uh, I I had even gotten a couple of um, you know emails and comments. Uh, hey, these are very good, but can you elevate them to an older group? Because what do you mean? <laughs> And, and no, and they said, well, you know, these are for kids, eighth graders, seventh graders. I says, yeah, and as well as sophomores and juniors in colleges, not to mention uh, chief executives of corporations, you know. And so she oh, said, well, why is that? I said, let me ask you a question. She says, which of these stories, and, I, you know, I know she's like not a kid. I mean, you know, I says, which of these stories did it for you? She said, well, and she picked whatever it was. I said, what did you like about it? She said, well, it was so clear I understood exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I said, so think back about the question you just asked me. And she says, oh. (laughs) I said, that's right. 
because the more the, the more profound the truth, the simpler it is to understand. I have a thing. If you if you uh, know what you want, you can explain it to me in twenty five words or less. If you can't explain it to me in twenty five words or less, you don't know what you want. And, oh, oh, yeah, you know, that kind of a thing. But anyway, you know, I mean, we, we could just go on and on forever. I'm, I'm having such a fantastic time here with you, Tom. And I really, really appreciate that uh, you let me come on the show. And, uh, well, I am, I am uh, right back at you. And, I, I again, I chuckle at the way this happened. Um, it was interesting. Let's go back to I want to hear your story. I want to hear... You know how how you grew up, when all of these things. How how do you feel, or what do you feel? Why you were led on this path, and how you started to realize you realize how it was it realized uh, that you were on this path. Uh, you don't choose your direction in life, okay. You may think you, <laughs> you know. Let me just start from there. Yes, people think I'm wacky because I talk about this now because it took sixty something years of my life to finally get it. And what I, you know, I, some I, along the way I found an interesting teacher or whatever, and his expression was, "We're not driving the bus," and it's very apt. Um, That's and, correct. And that, and that is really difficult for a Westerner to understand, especially yeah, in America. Right. And because, right. we, again, we're taught we are the masters of our fate. We are the masters of our destiny. Yeah, if you no, decide you know. to... <laughs> no, and that's right. If, if you, here's the irony. You are if you let go. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's, exactly that's right. when that's you are a master. A, a master yeah. lets go. You've got to give up. Yeah, you're the captain of your own <laughs> ship. The way you get the boat, man. You know, <laughs> exactly. And when you when wow. you surrender to that, you life becomes more than mystical and magical than you can ever believe. So, go ahead. How did you? Where did you grow up? All right, I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, it happens, and uh, I was the worst <laughs> kid in the world. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I was. I was a kid most likely to uh, succeed at not succeeding. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, certain things occur in your life that you really, well, you don't know anything about the particular thing. And all of a sudden, there it is, it presents itself. Now, why would that happen? Okay, I don't want to go into, like, you know, everything is uh, predestination, everything is... Uh, all, uh, Even though we know it is, yeah, You know, let me let me do this just in case we somebody's followed the link. We gave them the wrong number, so let's see if we got anybody listening right now. Three four seven nine nine six three nine zero three. In case you're out there listening live, but I know this is such a gem of a show that I'm going to promote the heck out of it um and do all of the social networking to, to build listeners because this is a gem. So if you're out there listening, okay, so predestination, go ahead. Okay. You were um, growing up in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. So then, you know, I, you know, just the, the things happened because of this, that, the other. First of all, I came to a profound, profound realization that blew me away, okay? 
And this was pretty much done because of my own, you know, searching and asking my questions. And it came down to this. There is no such thing as yin or yang, which is not to suggest that yin and yang do not exist. <laughs> I saw that in your now, video. I, I saw that in I'm your video, and I love it. Man. I love it. I mean, well, I love it. I mean, yeah, there's more truth than that. Exactly. So go ahead. Keep going. How did you – now, where okay. did that come from? Where did that – was that, that years came later? came out of – well, yeah, no, that came, I would say, about like 20 years ago or something like that. You know, when, when I first started doing self-revealization acceptance – which was a development and extension of the Book of Five Rings, the Art of War, the Shogun Scrolls, the Living Tao, blah, 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 and on and on and on and on, okay? Now, if from that basic idea, that means that there's no such thing as fate or free will. There is no such thing as good and evil. Now, I know we're touching some tricky territory over here. Yeah, but I'm totally... Um, yeah, but I'm totally there with you. That's why I'm not even saying anything, because I know okay, this. Okay, now ahead. the whole thing is this. When you look at the yin and yang symbol, you don't decide, well, you're going to walk on the yin side, but there's a little bit of yang. You're going to walk on the yang side, there's a little bit of yin. No, you're not. You're going to walk that middle line, that squiggly line in the middle. Wrong, 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 wrong. Ah, oh, the totality of the essence of the concept that you are delivering to your own psyche. Now, when you do that, you know, K-N-O-W, you know what is right, what is wrong, if in fact that exists. That's where the expression went in Rome, do was Romans, okay? You know, you know what's correct, what's not correct. See, we we, we go along, we teach uh, kids uh, uh, what what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be teaching them what is correct. Teach them manners. Because when you teach them manners, I'm mean, here to go philosophical, I'm getting away from my, uh, my little autobiography over here. When you teach them manners, they expect the same in return because they're giving that, and as a result of that, they get it. See, people say, say, well, you know, you're a great karate master, this, that, what happens if this happens, what happens if that happens? I go and come in perfect safety and without delay. Bingo. And therefore, because that's in my psyche, guess what? It's real. So I'm walking down the street and there's 20 guys on the corner. Hey, man, come here. No, I cross the street. Why? Right. Can I handle myself? Has absolutely nothing to do with the situation. Do I want to waste time, effort, and energy and possibly get killed? You know, that kind of a thing, all right? No. You avoid it because your psyche, because your mindset is such that you do not experience these things. Well, what if you do? No. You're not listening to me. You do not experience these things. Yeah, well, what if, what if? I said, shut up and pay attention. I do not experience these things in the same way, okay? My health is superb. Why? Because I said so. Well, who are you? I am the extension of the creative power of the universe that is giving me the authority and the ability to do these things, to say these things. Okay, let's go back to my story here. 
Uh, life goes on. I went into the Air Force at a very early age, well, 18, whatever it was. I spent uh, four years there. And while I was there, I got involved with uh, martial arts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gloss over this. I'm not going to go into a bloody detail thing. And as I started studying, when I, you know, became a member of the first uh, Air Force karate team uh, in Corvallis, Oregon, as a matter of fact, which I had just visited, and I was, uh, you know, looking back 55 years ago had I been there, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what I was there. <laughs> Completely different. It's gone, you know. Uh, studying and getting out of the Air Force, I kept studying, and when I said, wait a minute, there's got to be much more to this than just punching and kicking. Then I went through the ruse of developing spirituality through martial arts, which is a big hype. It's not real. Uh, well, then I can punch through a brick. Okay, that's cool. What's going on here? What is this all about? And then, of course, you make the determination, you find out what it is that the martial arts is all about, which is perhaps uh, such for another uh, show or something. Uh, I started writing because my students were coming over to me and asking me... Um, questions about books that they had seen. There were other versions of the Book of Five Rings. And I looked at them. I said, yeah, well, I understood what was going on, but they didn't. And the reason they didn't is because the interpretations, and by the way, every translation, every translation of anything is an interpretation. Okay? <laughs> As a writer, I know that. Okay? As a human being, I know that. Okay, but aside from that. So then what happens I'm studying that, I do rings, I do the art of war, and I go say, all of a sudden, you know, why am I doing this? And, you know, what was there in my early uh, youth that directed me this way? What made me decide to go this way? Or did this way decide that I was going to go? <laughs> I just, and, you know, for the years, I was, you know, here we go, fate and free will. Until you finally grow up, so to speak, and say, hey, you know what? Who cares? This is it. This is what's happening. Why? I don't know why, but that's what it is. So I don't care if I chose the path, and I don't care if the path chose me. My responsibility is to elucidate my own learning, my own teachings, and I am a primarily a teacher and a philosopher, and to give this out. You want it? You can have it. Because the more I give away, the more I'm going to get. Uh, if you don't want it, fine. Okay. That's your prerogative. Okay. But at the same time, understand what it is you want or don't want. That enables you to do So you say, okay, you're going to be a brain surgeon? Okay. How come you end up being a veterinarian? Well, I want to be a brain surgeon. How come a veterinarian? You save that dog that's going to next week save a little girl's life by pushing it out of the way of an oncoming car. Yeah, you, you know, you, you play it out. You know what I'm saying? You have no idea why you're here. You really don't. Okay? And, and, and I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into this thing. Well, you know, I'm free. I'm living the right life, so in my next life I can, uh, or, you know, when I make a transition from life to death, I'm, I won't go to hell, I'll go to heaven. But let me tell you something. And this cracks me up, man, okay? <laughs> All right, you know, I told these people, I have had a true near-death experience, and I've come back from the dead. I said, is that a fact? Yeah. I said, let me tell you something. If you had a true 
that's experience, you would not be coming back. If you had a near death experience, that's all based on sermonization. Okay? Hey, I saw the light. Oh, you saw the light? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what the light is. I can't explain it unless you've been there. Okay, let me tell you something. If you can't explain it, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh man. So, so I you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not one of Dale Carnegie's uh uh, <laughs> uh, prize pupils, you know, how to win friends and influence people, man. But I'll tell you where things are at. And I'll tell you another thing that really screws people up, especially kids, is what I call the Wisdom 101 Syndrome. Hey, if you smile, man, everybody's going to smile at you. Right, especially the guy with a baseball bat, you know? I mean, who knows what's going on over here? Wisdom 101 is based on affirmations put into your head by a controlling force that wants you to behave in a certain way. Once that happens and you start to reject it, you lose control of your own sense of self. You, through self-revealization acceptance, have to determine specifically and exactly what it is that you want to experience. And the spirit of the thing itself of what it is you want to experience brings it about in you as you through you not necessarily the way you think it should happen, but the way it is required for it to happen based on a specific set of circumstances you're involved in. I don't want to get into heavy philosophy here, but this, this is pretty much where I'm going. Well, wow. let's put it this let's, <laughs> let's I'll try to. Oh, of course. Of course. This is, um, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with the biggest of smiles because it's like. <laughs> It's like I've got this. this is good, um, I got I to get a copy of this. I got I got to. Oh, absolutely! This, this is a gem. Yeah, this yeah. is a true gem. This is um, to me. This is like my having my own avatar, who does all the work for me. Because everything you're <laughs> telling, right. everything that you're saying is is a true manifestation and a true example of everything that you've said all show long. I can't. I don't disagree with one thing, and I know it to be in. In the, that's the that's the correct word. It goes from believing. Uh, it goes from hoping. It goes from faith and all of those things, and it goes into a knowledge that I have enough life experiences to know everything that you're saying. And I think what, the way I would like to add to this is that you see. That's why I, I it, it came to me to use use your bean, trust your heart, build uh, follow your follow your gut. I've changed the build your character. That can also be part of my you know aphorism or whatever. But it's follow your gut, yeah. follow your intuition, follow your passion, whatever. That's the part you see because it isn't enough to use the brain. No, that's when that's a very dangerous thing. And you see, especially, our whole system, <laughs> our whole system especially, especially is based on. Especially people got a functioning one. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. But the, everything in this society is brain-centric. Yes. And so 
when our schools, et cetera, oh, there, he's a genius. He's my student. Does this, 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 and he gets the greatest marks, and he goes to the best schools, and he got the best job, and he's got the best this, this, this because he uses his bean, he uses his brain, no, and, and he becomes a junkie, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And if he doesn't become a you know a dope junkie, he becomes a consumer junkie or a work junkie. Whatever it is, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And so, what? I say to individuals about, okay, you want to be the brain surgeon. So I ask, where did that come from? Is it coming from your brain? Is it coming from where? Where'd you get that thought? Because if it's coming only from your brain, you're in big trouble. There you go. Because you are either, it either came from something you read or something somebody told you or something. Um, but if you'd say to me, no. It comes from, I don't know, as soon as somebody says, I don't know why, then I go, you're on the right path. I don't know why That's I want correct. to be a brain surgeon, but I have to be a brain surgeon. Then I go, now you're on the right path, because now you're talking right. heart, and, heart and gut. You're not talking right. some concept. You know, I tell people, and I know you totally agree with this, when I do speak to corporations and I say, you know, and I love, don't you love the goal-setting principles <laughs> the goal setting os you know the goal setting operator oh you got to have a set of goals and goals and goals and goals and i go really yeah okay and a goal answers the question what what do you want to achieve and i'm not i'm not knocking goals because if you put them in the right context and in the right order of motivation or self-revealization you, you see who would you rather fight somebody with a goal or a mission I'd much rather ah. fight a person with a goal because, you see, a mission, a purpose, answers the question why. This is why I do what I do. And purpose... Very good, by it, the way. Very good, Tom. Very, very yeah, good. And, and purpose can be... And I love when I say, why are you doing this? And the best one I love of all, I don't know why. Then I say, now you have a purpose because something... You understand there's something in you that what you so eloquently put with your creative I don't know how you phrase it phrase it again the creative creative power of the universe yeah the creative power of the universe the CPU is, the CPU yeah. the, <laughs> the CPU is telling me that not me not my head but my CPU is driving this from my gut into my heart into my head and so I and because if you if if you if you smack a person in the nose who's got a, a goal to t overtake you, he'll run away. You smack yeah. a person in the nose who's got a mission, he's not going anywhere but over you. Because he's got a reason why. Yeah. And he he's on a mission. And so I always tell, I say say, where does that desire come from? Because if it's coming only from a thought, that's only a goal. It doesn't have heart or gut in it. And if it doesn't have, no have heart or gut or instinct in it, you're going to be whacked in the head, and the first setback you get, you'll abandon it. That's so right. you know, those good. are the principles. Right, those are the principles I say. What do you really want to accomplish? And don't let anybody, anybody, don't make that a goal, make that your mission. Your you mission, know? that's right. That becomes your mission in life, and and that's when you know you're on the right path because 
I don't know why. I can't. You're right. I all of a sudden woke up one day and I was an entertainer. And I didn't know how the heck that all happened, but it did. I was on a totally different path. My mind had taken, my brain had taken me on a totally different path. And no, it swung back to my destiny. I'm going to play this right now. You're going to love this. This is four minutes and 30 seconds that will encapsulate in a way that so brilliantly produced everything we're talking about and give people a little break from us. Hang on. Here we go. Now, of course, people ask me all the time, they say to me, what is the secret to success? The first rule is trust yourself. And what I mean by that is, is so many young people are getting so much advice from their parents and from the teachers and from everyone. But what is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Not what, but who. And I'm talking about not what your parents and teachers want you to be, but you. I'm talking about figuring out for yourselves what makes you happy, no matter how crazy it may sound to the people. So rule number one is, of course, trust yourself no matter how and what anyone else thinks. And of course, rule number two is break the rules. We have so many rules in life about everything. I say break the rules, not the law, but break the rules. It is impossible to be a maverick or a true original if you're too well behaved and don't want to break the rules. You have to think outside the box. That's what I believe after all. What is the point of being on this earth if all you want to do is be liked by everyone and avoid trouble? The only way that I ever got any place was the breaking some of the rules. Which of course brings me to rule number three. Don't be afraid to fail. Anything I've ever attempted, I was always willing to fail. You can't always win, but don't be afraid of making decisions. You can't be paralyzed by fear of failure, or you will never push yourself. You keep pushing because you believe in yourself and in your vision. And you know that it is the right thing to do, and success will come. So don't be afraid to fail. Which brings me to rule number four, which is don't listen to the naysayers. I mean, how many times have you heard that you can't do this, and you can't do that, and it has never been done before? As a matter of fact, I love it when someone says, no one has ever done this before, because then when I do it, that means that I'm the first one that has done it. So pay no attention to the people that say it can't be done. You gotta love it, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta love it, it's gotta be what you are supposed to do. You wanna sing, and even though they wanna invite you to Carnegie Hall, you're gonna sing to anybody that listen to you, including singing to yourself. You gotta write, even if no one published your book, write because that was given to you to do. You do what it is you're supposed to. You're supposed to build something. You're supposed to create something. I don't know how to do it. Learn. Do whatever is required. It's necessary. If you want it, you got to go into action. You got to be willing to experiment. You got to be willing to fail and to succeed. You got to be willing to form and to develop new relationships. It's you. It's on you. You got to make that happen. Nobody's going to bring it to you on a civil platter and say, here's your dream manifested. No, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. It's difficult. That's right. And it's worth it. And that brings me to rule number five, which is the most important rule of all. Work your butt off. You never want to fail because you didn't work hard enough. I never wanted to lose a competition or lose an election because I didn't work hard enough. I always believe leaving no stone unturned. Muhammad Ali, one of my great heroes, had a great line in the 70s when he was asked, how many sit-ups do you do? 
He says, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting. When I feel pain, that's when I start counting because that's what makes you a champion. That's the way it is with everything. No pain, no gain. Whatever it takes, I would do. That's the answer I want to help you. And if you do not see it, and if you do not believe it, who else will? Okay. That takes me to rule number six. Whatever path that you take in your life, you must always find time to give something back. Something back to your community, give something back to your state or to your country. Yeah, yeah. Remember those yeah. six rules. Trust yourself, break some rules, don't be afraid to fail, ignore the naysayers, work like hell, and give something back. Absolutely, absolutely right, absolutely right. Yeah, that, that works, uh, yeah, that works. A little bit of wisdom one-on-one over there, but that's okay too, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, but um, yeah, yeah, he's, it, there's a step, uh, obviously there's a step missing, but it's, it's, uh, it, it, and none of that can be refuted. I mean, inside, no, that's right. in, inside what, there, there is a soul to what he's saying, um, he, he doesn't elucidate Absolutely. it, but but there's a definite. He's he's telling you, you know, it. He, he's implying and and virtually saying it's all coming from within you, and and going out. That's right. Anyway, so, hey, listen. This has been uh, this has been terrific. <laughs> yeah, I I again I marvel at this. It's just another one. What I like to call miracles. Einstein said the world is. Divide into two two groups: those who believe in miracles and those who don't. Who to, those to whom everything is a miracle, and to those to whom nothing is a miracle. And uh, and I think basically they're saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, but, the um, thing is, you know, the pe- people will come up with uh, terminology to enhance their own uh, belief uh, system, battlements, right. if you will, against their fear of demise. But <laughs> right. So now, look, just, if you, have you still got some juice left for a little bit more a conversation here? Uh, yeah, yes. You know, uh, let's keep well, Let's talk about this the... This is going to uh, a podcast, right? I can't imagine oh, yeah. anybody sitting here and listening to this for an hour and a half anyway, but that's okay. Well, but the beauty of a podcast we're, is... We're reinforcing our own beliefs, and that's important. Exactly, but uh, what happens is with the beauty of a podcast is uh, you can come back. You know, yeah, you can just yeah. leave off. It's like listening to a great symphony or something, you know. you And with the okay. magic of the digital world, you just come back to the same spot you left off on. So if you are mm. listening and you're getting all this great wisdom, there's phenomenal wisdom here, folks. And I hope you do get the book. Um, and you said that – and so your website is Hanshi, H-A-N-S-H-I.com. They and, can go uh, there or they can go to Amazon, and it's Ch- Cherry Bl- Blossoms for Children. Cherry Blossoms for Children, Life Lessons to Grow by, by Stephen F. Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N. I'll have you know. Yeah, and they're fabulous. So let's talk about the the fear component of all of this. The what component? Fear. Oh, the fear component. Oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. Now you're talking about a little bit of religion over here, too. Um, well, I, I, I have a thing that I say... Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know how your audience would 
react to something like this. And again, I'm not uh, denigrating any kind of uh, religious uh, beliefs of anyone, you know. But uh, are you ready? Sure. A belief in God as a thing is nonsense. It is an absurdity that creates tension and distress as to why some things are and other things are not. Religious concepts are the very thing that enhance ignorance because religion is based on an absurd fear of the unknown. You should get a lot of cards and letters on that one, man. I'm not talking about atheism or anything like that. I'm not talking about any particular religious thing. If you go through the Eastern um, uh, philosophies about things like that, see, God, why are we talking about God? All right, whatever, might as well. Uh, God as a thing is based on your limited definitions. Okay? God as no thing is free from your prejudices. And so what happens is because we are finite and we say, oh my God, everybody dies. Well, that's a concept. I mean, I, I don't consider dying. I mean, death. I, mean, I consider it a transition. And whatever that is, I'll find out on the other side and not on this side. Okay? So I don't concern myself. I don't dwell on that. Fear is based on that. All fear is based on that. This unknown eventuality. So because people are afraid of dying, they fail to live. Oh, that's my character. <laughs> and he agreed. He agreed. He knows. He says, "Hey, you know, my pop is talking now, so I'm paying attention." So uh, because <laughs> kind of thing. So fear becomes this great motivator for you to do whatever it is you have to do to destroy anything that you don't understand. So therefore you do not live in a way of harmony and synchronicity. If on the other hand you just continue to live, hey, you know, hey, wow, I'm in a state of bliss, well, you're a moron. You'll walk in front of a truck or something, you know. You've got to keep your feet firmly planted on the ground, knowing, yeah, okay, so eventually um I'm gonna I'm gonna be out of here and that kind of a thing. And this thing about constantly living in the moment, this is very, very difficult. You cannot constantly live in the moment because if you constantly lived in the moment, you would essentially be mindless. Your thoughts emanate from past experience one way or the other into you and through you as you project them into the future as to what you think you're going to see. So for me, it has become very easy to say, hey, you know what, today is Saturday. I'm knocking myself out. I'm having a good time over here. I know this afternoon I go to the studio and cut some video for my show. And that's all I know. And I know I go there. I go and come in perfect safety without delay, and I enjoy myself. Uh, I got a buck in my pocket. I eat. My bills get paid. My rent gets paid. Got some people who love me. I also got some people who don't love me. You know, I mean, that's because they're ignorant. But anyway, you know, kind of, kind of a thing. 
but I'm not going to concern myself with the fears of others. I'm not even going to concern myself with my own fears. And there are plenty of these fears. Oh, my God, what happens if this happens, if that happens? Because you can't get out of that, man. And even the most enlightened Zen masters are the ones walking around saying, wow, man, I got my rice bowl. I hope I can get it filled tonight, man. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, well, I'm sure I will get it filled. They don't think that way. They just say, they know their rice bowl is filled. Not will be, is. Because when you, once you start determining things like um, the, uh, the idea of uh, future, future, you get jammed up. For example, one of my uh, one of my things that I that, that I, I recently have posted on my Facebook page to know K N O W to know things as pending manifestation in the immediacy of the moment, of idea, this concrete reality. Ideas based on the past, where I knew something was going to happen in the future, is smokescreen fantasy. And that's pretty much uh, that pretty much wraps it all up over here. I mean, and my uh, favorite thing is I usually put on the end of all my books. To know it is one thing. To realize it is something. To be it is no thing. Ta-da! That's it, man. Time for me and Tango to have lunch and go carry on in our own grand fashion. This has been spectacular. Uh, well, well, here I uh, let's see. Here, this is a rejoice for those around you who transform into the force. Mourn them, do not. Miss them, do not. Attachment leads to jealousy, the shadow of greed. That is. What must I do, Master Yoda? Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. You could get into the the Falcon and head off into the galaxy with that one. There you go. There you go. I'm uh, going to put my rockets into overdrive now. <laughs> I, I think we... Uh, uh, this is a gem. I don't know... Yeah, this is great of, fun. This is good. This, this is, is a good. gem. I hope we met through the powers that be because I... Somehow it all connected and it all led, you know, I love Stephen Jobs when he says you will never be able to see the dots where they're going from this perspective, only from a perspective of looking back and you'll understand the dots. So neither you or I totally understand how the dots led to this dot, but they did. And it's fabulous. I uh, And it's meant to be and all of those things. This will get out and there I'm to hoping, the right people, by the way. Yeah, and well, the right Absolutely. people will find this and um, Absolutely. He- hear it. And uh, I, I um, you know, of all you, you've listened to all, everything, and I've listened to everything. I don't know. There's much left to uh, who, um, many people left to listen to. <laughs> uh, but I, I can. Hey, the only Bible worth reading is the one you write. Exactly, and the the, the thing that. I I know if we can say no that there is I've never heard a better uh, 
a better dialogue or a better uh, way of expressing this. I mean, so if those who are blessed in in my own per- perception um, on this, and I and I mean this because it came together with you, you will hear nothing more true than what you just heard in this last hour and few minutes. And um, so you, we're all blessed to have experienced this. And I hope you become a regular on the show. I hope I can call you from time to time and have absolutely, you come in and, and read absolutely. a story. And these stories, you are totally a gifted man. You're the Again, the universe is coming right through you with these great, great, great stories. Just really, I can't be more enthusiastic about them. They just, they are, a, a, you know, what you've got here. Um, you know, you may change the title because you, you, you've got, yeah, you've got, you've got a great handbook on life here, my friend. Well, thank you. Well, you know, and you and I both know that's not up to us, is it? That's right. That's right. You know, I mean, the one thing that I'd like to add here, the thing that I've learned most is what we do control what we do, what we are, you know, instrumental in doing is showing up and doing the work. We do control that, you know, right. whether we That's show right. up, to, whether right. we show up today or not to, to take our energy and sit down and write and sit down and create or sit down and sing or sit down and play or sit down and do whatever. We have to show up. And I love Woody Allen. 90% of life is showing up. And, um, so we do control that. What we do not control, and I challenge the, the wisest of CEOs, et cetera, and all of the doers, what we do not control is the output. Nobody knows the outcome. Nobody. Nobody and knows whether really it's going to work or not. Nobody knows the raison d'etre. Nobody knows exactly. the raison d'etre either. Exactly. You know. So What's the when it comes to the this? sales Who part, what you've done your part. Trying to get it done. <laughs> well, you, you know, that's right. And what you've done is you've done your part. Now the rest yeah. will be taken care of. I'm sure it will. I, exactly. I, well, well, I, I, I trust that it will. I trust that it will. Exactly. Hoping and wishing thing, you know. I trust no, that no, it will. trust. I know it will. Trust. Let go and trust. By the way, uh, a phenomenal book, and I recommend it almost every single show, The War of Art, not The Art of War, by Stephen Pressfield. Even, uh-huh. at our, even at our level, that is the consummate book that puts all of this together. And he basically says, without doing, he says there's two yous. There's the you you are and the you you want to be. In between that, there's this thing called resistance. It's built into the game. And the only way to overcome resistance is to go to war. <laughs> and that's why I love your hey, approach to the, hey. the warrior thing. He says you have to go to war with resistance in every, every day. And he says when you go to war with resistance, you break it down. And when you go See, to war with... I don't war agree with, with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. Well, wait, wait. Get out of here the whole part. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You don't go to war with resistance. You make it your friend. Okay, I agree. And, when you and, and he says friend, that. No, 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 no. When you make it your friend, it complies to your desires. Anyway, well, you know, we that's why, that's why I'm asking. No, that, that's why I want you to hear the whole story. He says okay, that when, when you show up and do battle with it, in other words, you don't, you don't uh, pick up the uh, – you, you, you don't go to alcohol. You don't go to drugs. You don't go to uh, – 
workaholism. You don't go to bad relationships. You don't go to all of the things that are built in the system to take you off your game. What you do is you go to work every day at what you love. And he says, sooner or later, he says, the muse shows up, or the universe, or whatever we want to say. And it will start, so he says, once you mastered that process, he says, basically it comes down, do the work, let go, and trust. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, I know you'd agree in the end. All right, let's do this again, Hanshi. You're Absolutely. a fabulous guy. And, Absolutely. And, and um, I'm glad you came along. You showed up. <laughs> There's a great movie called The um, Four Feathers. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, and I love the line. You know, why did you save me? Because God put you in my way. And at the That's end of the right. movie, he says, "Where are you going next?" He says, "Wherever God puts, whatever God puts in my way." <laughs> there you go. So we were blessed That's to right. have been put in each other's way. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, friends Listen, for life uh, here, as far as I'm concerned, my friend Hanchi, we'll connect again. Thank you so much. Very good. Thank All you. All right. So I loved much. it. Be in touch. All right. Okay. Take care. All right. All right. I'm going to let me find my user. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a an unexpected, fabulous, fabulous surprise. And uh, I'm usually, instead of signing off with that, Sabine, uh, this kind of puts it all together.
don't matter if you're by my side. Your heart builds your character in me. 